0: Welcome to AO On Air. This is a podcast from ActiveOps, allowing us to present you topics ranging from operations management, leadership, technology, and new innovations. Check out all our episodes on YouTube channel AOTV or with your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple or Spotify. Now let's begin.
1: Hello and welcome to AO on Air. My name is Michael Cups, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's uh, hosted by ActiveOps. Uh, During the course of preparing for our uh, Capacity 22, which is our annual conference from ActiveOps, we interviewed several senior executives uh, from banking industries, from insurance, etc. And one of those was Vincent Brennan, who's a senior leader and a a bank executive from the uh, wonderful world of, of Ireland. And I had a wonderful chat with with Vincent, and we had a good conversation about how to manage through turbulent times. So what? how can you do more with less or more with what you have? And so we wanted to make this a zone episode, and I'd like you to, to sit in and listen to Vincent and his wisdom. Uh, so we recorded this earlier, and we're proud to show it now, and so enjoy the discussion. Thank you. Welcome, Vincent. Uh, why don't we start with just a quick introduction of yourself?
0: Yeah, thanks, Zach. So uh... Until last year, I was uh, formerly head of payments and business continuity at the Bank of Ireland group uh, based out of Dublin in Ireland. Uh, But as part of that career, particularly over the last 10 or 15 years, I had broad responsibility for operations uh, that included the payment operations, the broader um, customer servicing operations, and indeed had responsibility right out to including operation resilience and business continuity. in terms of, I was thinking about recessions, and uh, I joined the bank in 1979, so I walked straight into the uh, the oil crisis back then. But I'm not going to try and cite any uh, reflections from them. I was a bit too young and raw in the bank to remember what I would have done then. But uh, yeah, we had our we had our um, our trials and tribulations over the years. Uh, yeah. So in 1991, the Bank of Ireland Group uh, almost went under, where our investment in First New Hampshire Bank. In the, in the states uh when went sour for us and so that was probably my first experience of, of, of a major um not necessarily recession but need for for major overhaul of transformation and, and and efficiencies at the bank um, in the 1990s our our UK operation similar, similarly experienced uh, significant difficulties and again at the group level we had to um regroup ourselves to withstand uh, the impact of that um as, as everybody faced globally, obviously the financial crisis of, of around 2008 and onwards would be the biggest one. And then and most recently, the impact of COVID. In fact, I led the bank. I was the uh, the uh, business sponsor for our entire response to COVID, not just from a customer servicing point of view, but also the, the health and safety of staff. So yeah, I mean, I've had my fair share over the years in terms of transformation, uh, centralization, um, branch closures. Setting up uh, outsourced offshore ops, outsourced operations, I established the uh, robotics processing capability at the bank, and then you know did op- uh, operations optimization and, and digital operations. Some of them in in business as usual circumstances, and some of them in response to uh, various crises. Whether as I said, they were um, economic or or just the woes of the uh, the company at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you've seen quite a quite a range and and uh, and kind of different different kind of impulses or what started it, I guess. I suppose different so,
0: drivers, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. So with that, um, I'm sure you know one of the things that we want to do is as a as a leader, a technology leader in this, is help our customers. Uh, identify uh, behavior and or planning steps that they could take in, in the face of, of a recession. We, you know, In some, some regions, we don't see a recession fully on yet, or maybe we do, but certainly inflation is at a, at a, at a high across the globe, and, and it looks like there's turbulent waters ahead. So what, what tips or advice would you have for leaders thinking about heading into it, and then while they're in it?
0: Yeah. So, so I, I'll give you the five headings that i cover. And, and unfortunately, they'll sound very kind of twee or, or you can read them in a textbook, but, I, but I'm a genuine believer in them. So my first would be to act now. The second would be to achieve more with less. Number three would be prioritize automation. Uh, fourth, and not necessarily that order, would be don't sacrifice the customer in the process. And the fifth, uh, and, a, and a critical one through all of those, would be you know select and develop your leaders as you, as you go through it. But um, happy to happy to, to dig yeah. into those.
1: Yeah, and those are great. Those are five really key ones as well. So let's start about you know how do you act now? What, if you're a leader, what uh, what steps do you take?
0: Well, I think I pick up my key from what you said there that you know in the different economies, people are wondering is there going to be a recession? Is there not? And we're facing into um, yeah we're experiencing very high inflation. I mean, I think the message, my, my model has always been don't wait, act now. You know, don't wait from your boss to approach you. Don't wait from the, the memo from head office, Like, just expect that it's going to happen and, and get your, your, your activity and, and, and planning underway. Uh, so I guess it's be proactive rather than reactive. Um, but in, in, in saying that, you know, I, I would still look at it in terms of, of, um, multi-year. I mean, there's very few recessions come and go in a, in a couple of months, there's very few um, major, you know, self-induced transformations that go quickly. So there's time in it to 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 act decisively on on some immediate things, but also to take a strategic view because you know, be it recession, be it uh, company challenge, it'll pass, and you've got to come out the other end of it. So I I you know focus on the short, the medium, uh, and the long term, um, and as part of that, you know, think about your, your multi-year approach to us. Um, most definitely, you know, focus in on what can be the early wins uh, and get some of them. There's a couple of reasons for that, and I come back to it. One, obviously, you, you need it in terms of the um, with the, with its efficiencies or whatever you're going at it. Certainly, it just creates the um, the energy and if you want to call it enthusiasm for the team yeah. to go after more because it's it you know can be hard going, particularly if you're starting to focus in on on driving out efficiency. And the third which i'll come back to later is it can be self-funding so some of those early wins can fund some of the investments that are going to carry you through for the medium or long term um you know and and you know examples of that for me would be you know um, establishing some of our early bpo operations um uh getting into robotics process automation at a very early stage um Bank of Ireland is still recognized as one of the, the, not just pioneers, but leaders on it. And that's probably a good a good example of, of looking at something strategically, not just let's get doing robotics, but where do we want to go with this? Who do we want to partner with? Where do we see this going for us in the long term? And how can we build up a sustainable uh, capability around it? So, yeah, definitely act now. And, you know, even if there doesn't end up being a recession, I don't think there's any of the activities that somebody will undertake That probably they should be doing already anyway, but um, it's a good time to start. As I was reflecting on the call, I was thinking of that great old adage, you know, the time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but if you didn't plant it then, the best next time is now, so so just get after it, that would be my first one.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a perfect analogy. I like I like the, the 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 concept of capture enthusiasm because the people doing the work are also going through a recession. They probably have anxiety, and 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 helping them feel like they're winning at something or, or achieving something that's a, that's set out in front of them is is a great a great win. Right? Yeah. So you yeah. S- you it sell. is. I'm,
0: bring, I'm I, you know I'm bringing bringing colleagues through the journey, even if over the period of a summer going to have to leave you. Is really really important, and we'll come back to the team later of you know the voluntary partners but also the voluntary stairs so you've yeah. got to manage both uh both audiences as you go through uh, through tough
1: times sure sure well, okay so the next item you had was achieve more with less I, I believe is how you phrased it
0: yeah and i think there's two there's two aspects to that one is you know from a work point of view you know it's it's trim trim the fat uh, but preserve the muscle you know and and really get into identifying where you know some of the inefficiencies are that you know no matter how many times you've looked at it there's always um some more there so whether that's you know tr- uh, you know pointers to it which are you know there's too much rework uh, there are too many queries coming into us uh, via customers our call centers are inundated like what are the drivers behind that and, and and typically you know what you'll find you know if you challenge workflow and challenge processes is that there are inefficiencies along the process that are creating Valueless work, to be honest. Right. Um, you know, um, so if you can get rid of that, that's an awful lot better than have to go after things that are actually delivering uh, value to customers.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, another side of that is is trimming the portfolio. So um, the best example I could give on that would be um, the, the the number of um, debit or credit card uh, propositions we had for our customers. You no, know, which grew up over time and, you know, at different points seem to have a good business case. So, you know, a niche card for a university fraternity, for a club or something. But when you stand back and look at it, it's, it's, you know, got very minimal customer base. It's not driving out any economic benefits and the usage pattern by the customers has waned off. And yet you're carrying costs, be it from your suppliers or some internal costs. So, you know, those are easy things to do. Um, but have probably been long fingered. So try and get those out of the way as well. And, um, you know, the the other key one though is, for me would always be eliminate the work first before you think about letting employees go or reducing your your resource base, whether that's internal or external, Um, because it's an awful lot easier work or look at the remaining workforce in the eye when colleagues are leaving and fortunately, we never had to go the route of, of the forced redundancy. It was almost voluntary. But the people that are remaining have to carry the remaining work. So if you can show them, and that's where it's not an advert for it, but it was really powerful for us. You know, we partnered with active operations on our ops efficiency side. So we were able to show the uh, workforce and workload efficiencies we were driving out and demonstrate that the remaining uh, workforce were fully capable to carry the remaining workload. And I remember distinctly one particular Christmas where we had a significant exit of colleagues and been able to sit down not just with the leaders but some of the teams and they went home content at Christmas that they weren't facing a tsunami of work after Christmas, that this had been done in a way and they'd been they'd been party to it that meant that they had a manageable level of work to do afterwards, even though we were done. So again, it's a good example of achieving more with less.
1: Yeah, very good. Excellent, excellent example. Okay, great. And so uh, the third point you mentioned was uh, look for automation opportunities, I believe.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, again, taking the short, medium, and and long view it, um, you know, we operated a a model or a framework that we thought about in two dimensions. So if we thought about work on on the horizontal dimension, you know, it started with paper-based work you know, it might then move to, you know, I'd say distributed paper-based work, which is even worse to centralizing it, to driving out some efficiencies, potentially to offshoring the work, but right up to different stages of automation where robotic processing became a critical enabler in it. Obviously, more recently, AI compare, co- combined with that became an even more powerful tool. And then you got into the more traditional um, digital d- digital programs and transformation programs, right up to end to end. So that was on the how we handle the work side but on the origination of work it was the same on the other axis which was you know the worst was where you were forcing customers to originate work with you on paper mm-hmm. to you know you might improve that by being able to 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 scan it in but it, you know ultimately where you want to get to is that that the customer was interacting with you digitally now the top right hand corner of that box is nirvana which is installed digital end-to-end But our perspective was, if we could move up and to the right, so any step that brought us up and to the right meant that we were both making it better from a customer's point of view in terms of how they were originating interactions with us, as well as it was more efficient for us in terms of the way we were handling it. So we had, you know, short tactical things we did. We had medium-term investment, that's where we put robotic processing. And then we had, you know, multi-year programs that were going to do a complete end-to-end yeah. transformation of some workflow. But you know, again, facing into recession, looking at the duration of it coming out, you could see where quick wins, sustain yourself through, come out better. The other end was was, was a really critical part of that. Yeah. I, the other piece of it was the idea of self-funding, which I mentioned early on. So yeah. some of the early wins created the investment capacity for whether it was robotics or other things. And if you think about it at the time of recession, the last thing your chief financial officer needs is you coming to them, telling them you need investment in X when they're trying to reduce, you know, the capital burden or whatever. So if you can turn up and say, listen, we're able to create the following efficiencies and if we can retain X amount of it for the following, we can sustain that, in fact, drive further out over the period. And that's kind of like a, a, a chief financial officer's dream yeah. so you're giving them back something but you know the piece that you're retaining you're you're driving further so that was always a uh, a key one so you know yeah. being clear by you know scanning the market working with your partners or wherever where were the uh uh digital areas to invest in them was critical and 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 just having the uh, the capacity uh the, the capacity to do that and um yeah. Uh, you know, we did, we did a couple of number of things, I talked about robotics processing, another one, for example, for us, which, you know, really um, changed the pr- the uh, proposition at our branches, was investing in uh, automated uh, teller machines that were able to accept lodgements as well as pay out cash. And in fact, the, the ones ultimately that were able to recycle cash, so there was no handling in it. Some customers were lodging, some oh. were withdrawing, and the machine was doing the work, so yeah. there was huge efficiencies in that. Clearly, Excellent. we're entering a phase now where cash is dying out. So I expect the bank is letting that uh, investment roll off and, and not reinvesting. But we got a long life out of that. But it, it certainly helped us at one of those critical times where uh, we needed to drive efficiencies.
1: Yeah, very good. Excellent. Automation is, is key. I like the self-funding model as well that you've that you've hit on a couple of times. So uh, the next one was uh, don't lose sight of the customer. So that customer experience is key.
0: Yeah, and in fact, I didn't say don't sacrifice the customer. So, you know, it, 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 you know, particularly at whether it's a time of recession or some other crisis that needs that almost immediate reaction that, you know, the danger is almost coming back to the you're cutting muscle instead of fat that you do things that actually negatively impact on the customers when, in fact, there's a real opportunity for the customer to benefit out of it. So clearly, if you can eliminate rework and things that are driving queries or benefiting the customer if you can use automation like robotics and ai and things you should be driving out and you know robotics is a really good example where everybody could get the uh, efficiency um thing that was obvious to them up front but you know if you can improve the speed of turnaround for customers if you're improving accuracy if you're eliminating error you know you're driving huge benefits from the customer on that front you're also helping yourself from a regulatory and compliance point of view a risk management point of view you're helping yourself from a resilience point of view. There are just so many benefits coming out of it, and and a lot of those fall um, back to the customer on it. The second thing I'd say from a customer point of view, and and and, and one of our our our, our, um, our chief executive Richie Boucher, who led the bank through the, the financial crisis, would say regularly to us that the customers we look after through the crisis would stay with us for a lifetime. So there's actually an opportunity in crisis if you can really focus in on on, on areas where you're adding value or improving process to customers where that's going to pay off. You made reference yourself that everybody's struggling at a time of be it high inflation or recession. So people remember a lot more the good things that were done for them at that time. So I think, you know, that can, that can pay out, um, hu- hugely for customers. And, um, you know, I think the, la- the last piece around it is, you know, the more that you're professionalizing your operation, then as part of that, the more that that comes across as obvious uh, mm-hmm. to your customers as well so you know do more with less prioritize automation but there isn't a need to sacrifice in fact there's an opportunity to enhance for the customer in the process
1: yeah yeah and that professionalizing operations maybe leads us perfectly into your fifth point which is uh you build leaders build better leaders right
0: yeah yeah and, and you know again you don't wake up on Martin and just get inspired that I better go and find them. You know, you should be identifying them and particularly, you know, some of the natural leaders in it. If I go back to the, you know, my first piece um, in terms of acting now, my first step would always have been to bring in the leaders, share the challenge with them, explain the why we need to do and, help and encourage them to be the ones to figure out what we needed to do or at least make them a large part of doing it because um, it's an awful lot easier from one part, they're closer to the cold face, they're working with the teams. they see those bottlenecks. they're the ones you know putting up with the be it the queries or everything else every day so they can do it. But secondly, you know, given you're going to have to endure through this, brings teams through this, it, it's really powerful from that point of view. Um, I had an expression which was you know I looked teams and said to them, I have no plan that's not the culmination or the aggregation. Of each of your individual teams' plans, and you know that was really reassuring uh, at a time of recession and time of crisis. Because teams always wonder, has he got something else he's up to? Is there another? Is there? A, is there a bigger plan we don't know about? And when you could not just share with them, but point them back to the things we were doing that were the ideas that were coming up with themselves, I think that had to, you know, uh, calm the troops uh, going through it. Yeah. the second thing you need the leaders for the some of the difficult parts so yeah there'll be colleagues that will be leaving There'll be teams that have to operate after that's done um but also there's an opportunity to professionalize and again partnering with um active operations being one example where we you know we we leveraged a curriculum on on operations management you know people could see that you know that became a transferable skill not only within the company but in the industry, and people would say to me, but you're not afraid then that people will leave? And I said, no, I think, you know, some will leave anyway. And, you know, it's it, it's good from our reputation that wherever they're going to, word is getting out, that, you know, we run a very professional operation that will attract some people to us. Um, but secondly, you know, um, people don't just operate for money. People want purpose in their jobs. People want to get satisfaction from it. And the more you professionalise it, it comes through. So, you know, a really, really important part and, and um, you know, I, I was surrounded by some tremendous leaders in in the teams I, I I led and and you know they they got us through so you know huge emphasis on on um, communications and as i said focusing not only on engaging the people who are going to leave but very much on the people that were going to stay around um and and giving them a picture of of, of a, a pretty good future that they were helping um to create. I think the other one was you know kind of honest conversations in that and and um you know psychological safety where they could come and go it's not working convincing. it's doing damage where we didn't intend, we need to change it and kind of going, yeah. okay, what do, you, what do you suggest we do? Um, so soliciting feedback as well, um, yeah. and in a sense garnering the next set of yeah. of ideas that uh, brings you back, you know, fully around the circle again. Um, you know, when we got lots of things right, I'm not going to suggest we got it right all the time. In fact, when I look back, some of the things that didn't go so well were the times I forgot some of my own five um adages there yeah. and maybe didn't do them as well rather than, you know, there was something that came up that I ought to, you know, have better anticipated. Um, those five have, have stood me well. And in fact, not just through recessions and, and downturns and, and, and challenges, but just pretty much as a, a leadership mantra yeah. in any event.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Thank you so much. Vincent. Those are fantastic points of view and, and, and experiences that you shared. And it, I kind of go back to the top of it. I, and this analogy may or may not work. But the when you were talking about you could plant a tree 20 years ago if you didn't plant it now, so kind of act now. But if you did plant it 20 years ago, along the way, when I, when I was listening to your explanation of these, you know, there, there's areas where you can make that tree grow and thrive, right? You, you mentioned if you've got the trimming portfolio, for example, if you've got limbs that are yeah. going the wrong direction, trim it off and watch the tree grow up. Yeah. If you if you do it right, customers are going to be there because they're going to love that tree and they're going to come visit it. And and if, if you train the leaders to take care of that tree, it's going to be there for a lifetime. So it's really I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but it 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 inspired me along the along the way you told the story and but built the I, story.
0: Like I always feel, if there's something that you can latch a you know a story onto, then it's much more memorable. So if that's helpful a bit, bit more memorable,
1: yeah. memorable,
0: I think it works. Yeah,
1: excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Vincent, for this time. Um, I just I mean, while we're still recording, I mean, it didn't matter. Uh, is there? Uh, what What are you up to? Are you retired? Or are you looking for another playing? Are you doing consulting? Are you helping companies? Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm a bit in the middle of both. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm Having taken some time out, uh, cause particularly coming out of the, uh, the back of managing the uh, COVID-19 for, yeah. for the first year and a half, I, I took some downtime, but yeah, I'm back and I'm doing some consulting and advisory work, but I'm, but I'm in the market as well. So yeah. if you looked at me on, on uh, LinkedIn, it'll say open to work. So yeah. <laughs> lots of encouraging conversations at the moment and, uh, you know this whole area of, of operations and and um yeah you know digital operations and 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 that is is a huge area of opportunity and focus And i think not just for traditional players but but i think that um you know you're seeing a lot of fintech and others who who now realize that you know it's great having business models that are acquiring lots of customers yeah. but actually need to start generating money so i think the yeah. the fin part of fintech the other dimensions of finance
1: yeah.
0: uh, that are part of that one are going to come home to bear so so, so um sure. focusing on a really commercial propositions driving out you know more efficient operations but also things like the regulatory side the operation resilience so there's, there's huge happening on that side so
1: yeah
0: um yeah no it's too it's too early to give up there's too much happening i have too much energy so uh <laughs> yeah we'll be well, uh, well, back busy fairly soon
1: well, excellent. Well, I'll offer to you if you if you want it. We, we also record a podcast in, in the same studio and Joe produces it. Uh, I'd love to have you on as a guest of that where you can kind of you, you can also promote your own advisory services, but we can also just cover various topics rather than following the strict script that we had for this particular exercise. If you're up for it, I'll, I'll send you details. We can see. You know, I would them.
0: because I, I'm, I'm keeping very engaged and, and I probably have more time at the moment to yep. uh, to to be close to what's going on broader in the industry because you know yourself when you're in the day job you, you're doing as much of that as you can but never as yeah. much as you can do when you think. so I have a broad um, horizon of what I'm trying to keep pace of at the moment yeah. so very happy and uh, love to take you up on that and I'll see you next month in uh, in London
1: yeah absolutely we'll see you there and I'll, I'll just drop you a note when we when we have a time to schedule and we'll d- just do it like this we'll send you a Zoom link or, and, uh, and, and chat nice to see you thank you so much yeah you too for thanks
0: thing. for organizing
1: cheers yeah. bye have a wonderful weekend